We're back in the room. It's with me and you. Oh, hello, George. It is. It's like a kids' show special. Happy New Year! It's the new, the brand spanking new Speaking Generally podcast. We have to um, stick with that thing, Jim. We we've never stuck with one before. So <laughs> I don't see any reason to start now. Yeah, good point. Um, hi, George. Welcome to 2021 and the rest of your life. How are you, sir? Happy New Year to you, Steve. Um, I'm I'm doing quite well, all things considered. Okay. Um, not, ha- not to gloat. No, no. Why should you? Um, well, you're living quite normally, aren't you? Relatively speaking, yes. I think we touched on it in the last episode, but where I am is not too bad in um, in sort of nice little suburban parts of New Jersey. It's not business as usual, but it's business more usual than it is for you let's put it that way so um potted out potted out today masked up distanced but can still pop out you're not popping anywhere are you i'm not popping anywhere george and uh and that's not just because i'm still in the sort of aftermath of christmas laziness and uh popping buttons off your jeans yeah it's not just being a Christmas slob, it is that we are back on the old full-scale lockdown here in the UK. And You're fine, is it? We're, we're going we're gonna to look ahead in this podcast. We're not going to harp on, you know, sort of being in lockdown because we've spoken about that. But suffice it to say that we're, we're about where we started right now <laughs> in, in the old COVID. So I am getting a little bit... A bit um, sick of it. They say no. We're we're back to the beginning of a lockdown, and it's worse than before. So mm. I, I mean, I'm not really sure what to to think <laughs> about that. But um, but but you know, a vaccine is at some point on the way. So that's that's the good news. Things aren't there is light at the end of the tunnel. Things aren't as bleak as they were last year, where people really didn't know what was going to happen. But uh, I really am starting to dig into January now and say. Okay, this is this is the next couple of months again. Let's just let's just get my big old arms around it now and all right, come on. It, and embrace it and be okay with it because because uh, otherwise I go bloody mental. So yeah. I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to look ahead, George. So we're going to just talk about some decisions we've made for the next month or so yeah well you know i think we've done um maybe this time last year we might have done a new year's resolutions one and i imagine i would have been fairly negative about the idea of new year's resolutions it sounds like the sort of attitude i would take um not the new george though but no well in many ways yes the new george too because what we're doing here is sort of setting goals for january rather than the year i think it's probably ludicrous to make annual plans this year because the rug will be pulled out from under you but um a month seems like a kind of manageable amount of time to set some targets and fulfill them and not be too derailed by the bigger picture so from my point of view at least i've set some sort of manageable little goals that i think i can tick off in the next few well the next 25 days or so um yeah that's that's how i'm approaching things i'm guessing you're coming at it sort of similar to yeah, I like this idea, uh, especially given that the old world where one could make a resolution for what the entire year would look like seems like one of cavalier hubris <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. that in the old world, when people 
thought they knew what they were going to be doing by November um, seems absurd. So, I no, I like this idea of just looking at the ground beneath your feet and uh, thinking about what we want to do this month. So, uh, and also, you know, with the resolutions thing, I do, you know, resolutions are, it's, it's, it's a cliche to say, but they're, they are sort of made to be broken. And there is a kind of, you know, delusionalness that's nice to just kind of sweep out of the way with New Year's stuff because people do come up with these itineraries and, you know, absurd, all these things they're going to supposedly do. Uh, I think it does make sense to more think in terms of, you know, if if by the end of January, if we're saying these are some habits, with, that's how I like to think in habit formation, not in like his a hundred bucket list things I'm going to do this year. It's more like, what are the habits that worked well last year? What are some ones that maybe are modest ones I could take on that would be real, that I could actually wake up and do tomorrow? And yeah, if in, in 30 days, we'll actually be able to review and be like, did that actually happen? Did, was that, you know, was that something I could actually set myself and do? And if you do, then you can go, great. Like, what else can I do? Or I'll add more of that. So I, yeah, I it's just more manageable, isn't it? And also if you, if you sort of fail a bit, it's still like, Oh, well in the 30 days, I still did, did it 20 times or something. But if you extrapolate that over a year, it's easier to, you know, two thirds success in a month still feels like success, but spread over a year, maybe it's, you've missed your target. For sure. Proportionally a bit more or whatever. So proportionally it's the same, but it would feel like if you've missed a hundred runs, you know, it feels a lot worse than missing 10 or something. But the other thing is for me that like resolution setting is presumably in relation to what's happened in the year previously. And the year previous has been a ludicrous one with no real um, sort of reference point to, to continue on against, you know, it's like, Oh, well I didn't get to do anything last year. So you know, it's not like I I was going out too much or I did too much of this or no one's been able to do anything. So yeah, the resolution is yeah. going to be like, uh, it's kind of a false like precedent was set by last year. So it's not, not a great one to measure your next year against. I yeah, suppose, that's true. Only in a positive way. That's true. Um, so is, is there something that's really jumped out at you? Uh, well, the the first one, I suppose, is a really basic exercise one. I've set myself the target of, in December, I bought myself an exercise bike, like a static bike here. Um, I've set myself the target just for January, um, because there is a little, little bit of Christmas weight has sort of latched itself onto me, Steve. I know you'll be surprised to hear it, that I was eating like an absolute pig for the last three weeks. Um, so I've set myself the target of going for a run and using the exercise bike every day in January. I think that that's manageable if I set myself a longer exercise target without an event to append it to, like a marathon or something like that. I won't do it. And obviously it's impossible to kind of make commitments to those kinds of organized events at the moment. So I literally very, very basic starts. It was basically doing a two mile run and then three or four miles on the bike to start with. And then I'll wind it up as the month goes ahead. But um, I'm still reveling in the novelty of being in a new place. So going for a run is, you know, I'm exploring the neighborhood kind of thing. So I'm tricking myself into into making some headway that way. So that's something I would like to be able to hold on to for the next 25 days or so. I like that. 
and melt melt some of this off. Melt it off. What do you, do you are you definitely carrying Christmas weight or is that? Oh, well, I mean, it might not be. I'm definitely carrying weight. To put it all down to Christmas would be a <laughs> would be a real scapegoat's move, Steve. Um, yeah, there's there's plenty. Yeah, of it was that. that one day. It was that Christmas <laughs> yeah, pudding. Exactly. Yeah. It got me. Christmas just took me by surprise. No, no, this is. Um, this is, you know, real sort of systemic, a systemic problem that goes back months and months. No, the, all those morning trips to IHOP have done their, done their work on I haven't you. been there yet, Steve. Oh, come on, mate. I only uh, just got a car, so I will add that to one of my, <laughs> one of my target. Um, wow, every day, though, that's... that's we'll try. You know, I'm, no, I'm working out whether the weekends are going to be a bit of a grey area. Pop, or pop in a rest day. Yeah, maybe we'll squeeze in a rest. Pop in a rest Sunday. day, a rest day per week. And get yeah. get your legs back. Um, yeah, I like that. I'm I'm down with that. I I haven't put an exercise one on mine because purely because I feel like that's a habit I've now I now do. So I yeah. kind of kind of feel like that wouldn't be very fresh. Uh, not that I'm not that I'm super religious, but I do. I you know I don't I don't feel I need to add that in. What I do. Oh, are you doing it at the moment? Like with the lockdown well, situation and things, are you is one able to go out and get amongst it? One is allowed to go for walks and runs, so that's basically what I do. But but my dad does have a little home gym at the bottom of our garden that we use. So there's there's a few little you know weights and machines in there. So I'm kind of just gonna. Yeah, yeah, I'll use them. And uh, tell you what, yeah. Steve, maybe ninety percent of people I've seen, other people in Princeton going for a run, run with a face mask on. I can't do that. I don't think you have to, but um, wow. I couldn't do it. I'd have a seizure. Yeah, people don't do that here, but I couldn't imagine that walking in a face mask is is annoying enough. Yeah. yeah, everyone wears a mask at all times here. If you do have a pass for for when you're exercising, but some people are choosing to do that, which is a noble deed, but not one that I could fulfill. Yeah, that, that seems crazy. But, um, but more power to you if you can do it. Um, what, I, uh, what I'm going to do, George, is this is very modest, but I know I need to keep it very modest or I will not do it. Over January, I want to do three yoga sessions. Three, so just on three different days or just three, times three a day. yoga sessions. It might be okay. more if it's going well. I'll do more, but I know if I say ten, it won't happen. So and that I, means doing a YouTube class or something, does it? Yeah, yeah. Just I know, I really, really know. I need to stretch more. I know it makes me feel better, and I just need something that isn't just like pounding the pavement, lifting weights. Something that's actually about flexibility, about stretching out my you know muscles a bit and so uh yeah i want to just just gently put myself into why does it practice. have to be yoga rather than just some other dynamic stretching routine i can do like the conventional stretching and that but i, I if it's an event like i'm gonna go to the, you know to the exercise room and do some yoga there's kind of a you know, like a meditative part of it. There's, uh, it's, it's a thing that I will actually schedule in, but like going to the garden to stretch, I just can't. No, I'm sorry, but I mean, by doing it online, are you still getting all those benefits? You know, you're... Yeah, they've got the little classmate. They've got the person who guides you through it and you, you know, follow the instructor. It. I hate it. I've tried it, Steve, and I hate it. <laughs> I mean, I've done yoga in plenty of time, so I know what I'm... I know mm. the moves and stuff, but it's just... 
it's one of those things I have to make the date for because my instinct would just be, oh, I should spend this time exercising. I should spend this time sweating. Right. My, my sort of, you know, productive mindset will come in and I'll just think, well, I should be doing some hardcore exercise. Um, so these three are in addition, are they in addition to, I'm guessing you do stretching and stuff before you exercise anyway? Not in hardly addition. ever. I hardly oh, ever well, do stretching. That's, that's your problem. Before or after exercise, it's, it's bad and I just don't. And I Because uh, I'm, so, I'm super tight and to go for even a two or three mile run, I have to do like 10 minutes of stretching or my back will lock up. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, well, there you go. So if I'm not careful when I'm your age, I'll have your, your back. Yeah, you've got, you've got about, I've got about a six-month head start on you. <laughs> uh, you have had a bad back for a long time, though. That is, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I do I do worry about things like that, and I think I just I just want to, like, get a hand in on that more. But uh, is, three, is three enough? I think it's enough. a good amount, but it's not, it's not enough to change your physiology or your life, but is it with a view to then, I'll do more of this come February sort of thing? It's just, if I can tell myself three in January, I'm going to tick that box very easily. Mm. And then if I start ticking boxes, I'll feel good and I'll be like, great, got the yoga thing going now. It's an open goal. Yeah, I need, I need open goals, George. I need, <laughs> I need this. Sure. Um, I'll give you another one. This is kind of on a different, different tact of the mind. But I kept saying for a long time, and I, I weave these in, but I want to read a lot more classic literature and not so much contemporary stuff. I mean, contemporary stuff, if it's really good and well-regarded, but I don't want to just keep just picking up sort of random novels and reading them. And I want a bit more of a thought out. I want to add more sort of real quality backbone of Western canon of literature into my reading. And so in January, George, I'm going to read the first Proust novel. Been there, done that, loved it. There you go. Um, I've got through the first sort of 40 pages several times, enjoyed it, and then stopped. Which and, translation do you have? Uh, whatever the Penguin Classics one is. The, the modern classic, well, not the modern, like the black and white photograph Yeah, yeah that one. Okay, yeah, so it's called The Way by Swans. I think it is. I think yeah. Um, okay, yeah, that's the version I read. So I think it's quite a different translation to the Mon- I think the Moncrief version is like the canon original yeah, I, translation. I did a bit of shopping around and this one seemed like the best one uh, that I wanted. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I just thought it's time. Like I've read like Joyce and Nabokov and some of the other big greats. And like we've talked about before, I feel the, the classics give you Every time I take on one of those, I get a huge sort of dividend out of it, a huge return on the investment. Is your plan to read the whole of the The eventual plan plan this year? Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, and and then uh, obviously we'll write my own seven volumes uh, (laughs) upon the rest of 2021 in lockdown. You need to line your bedroom with cork. (laughs) Yeah. um, well, I've I've read two and a half of them. I think I've read I've read the first, yeah, the first two and a half, and then I got a bit bogged down with the third one. But if you want, we can do this live on air kind of thing, Steve. We can commit to reading all of all of Recherche Tom's whatever okay. this year together. We've not really done that before, and I often get a bit aggy with you about the classics. So maybe this will be one we can do together. 
That would be that would be lovely, George. I would love that. And uh we could discuss and and for those who don't know, uh Ala Recherche Tom Perdue is this great seven volume, six or seven volume sort of masterwork by Marcel Proust and uh a lot a lot's based on his life, but not. It's it's fictionalized. It's sort of character. It is about a fictional character, isn't it? But yeah, I don't think he's even named. He's not. Might be yeah, Marcel. Um, but but there's lots drawn from Proust's life and society, and uh, I, I don't think he got around that much in his life. So I think lots of it was about his own the the goings on in Paris at the time and stuff. Um, yeah, I so, bought a bag of Madelines the other day, so. Bag of Madelines, and famously, the whole thing is inspired by this uh, this Madeline dipped in tea that sort of brings his entire life back to him. And uh, putting a lot on the biscuit, isn't it? Put, it's putting a lot on a biscuit, but dare, I dare say you've done that before. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that would be lovely, George. I don't know how entertaining for people to hear about us reading a thousand page piece of literature will be, but. I think it's 3,000 pages. 3,000, there we go. Three and a half thousand, the seven volumes. Wonderful. Uh, um, well, you get the first one done in January then. We'll, um, we'll get cracking with the rest after you've got gotten that one out of the way. Okay, so there you go. Proust and some yoga. Um, man of man of culture. Yeah. <laughs> oh, ladies. <laughs> Old metrosexual Steve here. <laughs> Um, and you heard he said big arms earlier, didn't you? As well, big big arms as well, so burly. Um, <laughs> this isn't a dating profile. Come on, what, what's yours, uh, What's yours, George? Um, well, okay, so my other main one, I suppose, hinges on your potential main one, so I'll wait for you to say that. So one of my lesser, lesser ones, it's not really a lesser one, it's very much uh, a part of why having moved to America is an exciting thing. One of the things I want to do in January, the kind of two things, one of them is to plan two road trips, like longer road trips that I can go on in the next couple of months. And the other one is to drive to some places around where we live, day trips, maybe overnight trips if possible. But um, yeah, kind of get them in the diary and make it happen because we've been here for three months and haven't been able to have a car we got a car just before Christmas, so it's kind of opened up the whole country, really, in many ways, COVID permitting. So uh, I think, for, I think a, long, a longish trip, I'd like to drive up to Maine. I think that can be done in eight or nine hours from where we are. Mm. Maybe we could make a weekend of it, a sort of socially distanced, safe Airbnb weekend of it. Um, if I could get that in the diary for, yeah, the next kind of six weeks, plan it and make it happen. That'd uh, really get the ball rolling with our adventures here. So, yeah, it's sort of setting the tone for making the most of being in the country is my goal, really. Romantic lobster dinner in Maine. Yeah. For me for me and you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm planning, planning to get you over for it. Um, well, I'm very jealous of that, and I really oh, I wish I could wish I could be there, but uh, maybe another day. Um, oh, there's pl- plenty more to happen, yeah. But, um, yeah, just setting setting the tone, I think, because I'm also, I am genuinely mindful as well that we do have the privilege of travel is a little bit more open to us at least within the country and you know back home you can't make it happen so it'd be silly not to not to do things while I've, I've got the option because you know tomorrow we might all suddenly be locked in and yeah it's uh, makes you sort of reassess what you're allowed to do and what you should and can and should do uh yeah i like that and i think i think you yeah 
it's definitely like every time these lockdowns and things happen, it makes you immediately reflect on the opportunities that were available to you. Mm. Um, even when I was just like swanning about in London and enjoying that. And as soon as things close, you're like, did I make the most of being in London? Did I make the most of doing those things? So giving yourself like little monthly reminders of like, I'm going to drive there because it's available and can, uh, I think is very valuable. Um, so well done. She's a lucky woman. Uh, your wife, your wife, that is. Um, okay. I, George, this is, <laughs> this is really still on my sort of theme here. Uh, this is a pampering one. <laughs> Go on. No, not not my long baths. They they will <laughs> happen rain or shine. Uh, one of my Christmas presents, George, actually was a bath tray. Oh, for like candles and a glass of red wine. And you you put like you pop your drink, your book, and everything. Love so think of that. People know me well enough in my family that I love baths and need. Did it have a picture of a mum on the cover of the <laughs> box, like the box that came in, just like a sort of a tired mum? No, it is. It is called Blooming Lily Bamboo Bath Caddy. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I thought it was very thoughtful. But I, having that sort of reputation, like I need room for my stuff in the bath. Well, I mean, this New Year's Eve last year, Stu, for two years ago now, I I saw Midnight Inn in the bath. Did you? Me and a can of Guinness in the bath. Yeah. <laughs> 2019 into 2020 is perfect glad we didn't live together for that one that would have just been depressing yeah yeah um so so my pampering one george is to moisturize every day oh what, what what body parts are we talking <laughs> start on the face yeah um i i'm just dreadful at all that stuff skincare you know, the, the kind of things that I suppose you're supposed to start doing past a certain age to just, you know, just take care of yourself. And I don't know, sometimes I'm skeptic, skeptical on the entire moisturizing industry. And if it's all just a big swizzle, um, you know, just a sort of made up thing you need to Free do. me swizzle. <laughs> um, like, is your skin basically your skin? And as long as you drink water and eat decently then it's going to be the same i don't know but why why not try and mm. so i feel i'm going to try a month of moisturizing see if i feel or look supple any different you know will it be the yoga or will it be the moisturizer it doesn't seem like the best controlled experiment which one's creating the suppleness and the flexibility it's a good question or, or the proust um, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i uh <laughs> I, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm just, I'm going to pop it on every morning. It's one of those things that I just feel should be a part of my daily life. What brand um, are we talking? Uh, at the moment, I've got the lovely Kiehl's one. Perfect. Which is, which is, daily. it is the sort of luxury brand du jour that people like, isn't it? And uh, good, good for the boys, isn't it? They make you feel like bloody bloke. Yeah, they, they really pitched themselves well to making men feel like, yeah, I want these these creams and ointments. I, I want these. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm going to be doing myself just in the morning. But I need a little routine around it to, like, you know, keep myself doing it. So, 
maybe in the morning I'm going to pop, pop a little podcast on, get get, oh. Bloom, get Bloomberg News on. Get in. <laughs> How long are you going to be moisturising for? <laughs> Boss of the day, is it? No, just make it part of like brush my teeth, wash my face and then put some moisturiser on. Takes think, about eight seconds. I think it'll be a nice start to the morning. I think your headphones will get in the way of the moisturising, to be honest. <laughs> They're coming off. Um, yeah, so uh, that... And, you, and you're not going to stop me. I wouldn't dream of it. Do you, Give us a before... Maybe take a, a before picture now. And then oh, that will be good. One after 30 days. Shall I, I'll put one on Instagram and just say, I'm going to moisturise for 30 days, see if it looks any different. Right. <laughs> Um, what um, what do you think? Do you do it every day? Yeah, yeah. See, I'll tell you what, Steve. I'll, I'll share something with the listeners now. Sort of, uh, maybe it's too personal. I don't know. When I was a teenager, I had to take. So I think loads of guys, maybe girls too, take it like acne medication. I think in the UK it's called Roaccutane. Right. It really dries. It really dries your skin out. It it works really well. I didn't have particularly bad acne, but enough that I wanted to deal with it that way. And um, yeah, it, it dries my, well, it sort of permanently dries your skin out really, but just enough that moisturizing every day would be preferential. So actually, Steve, every day I apply a lip balm. I always have a lip balm in my right hand pocket because it dried my lips out and uh, just a little, little touch of moisture. Wow. Just to keep things, keep things well oiled, I suppose. So yeah, every day, plunk that on. So um, and you, yeah. and you never stop doing it? No, it, it genuinely, I stopped taking that medication when I was probably 15, but it, it genuinely, like every day, my, it really dried out my lips, particularly um, not See, in a I weird did, way. If I did that, maybe I'd look younger now. If you started taking Roaccutane, probably I, not. <laughs> um, I, I also got a lovely mint lip balm from my Ooh. friend Michelle for Christmas. Ooh. So, uh Thank you to Michelle Tindly. if you're listening. And uh, yeah, it was a lovely little Kiehl's lip balm. Just pop on in the winter. I mean, I've got, I've got the whole... I'm kitted out. <laughs> this, is, this is what I do now, George. And <laughs> this episode's taken a bit of a digression, really. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so I've got one more. Do you, do you have any more? I've, yeah, I've got a couple more. Go on. Uh, well, yeah, I'm kind of waiting on your big one to sort of follow up on, but I, can, I mean, I've got some work goals that I've set for myself, just a couple of structural things that will really benefit the productivity that I can kind of achieve with the work I do day to day. So I want to implement those as better systems for work. And I think if I can have those done by the end of January, then the rest of the year should be a lot, a lot easier to manage. Um, go on, give us an example. I, I don't need to go into the details, really. It'll get quite boring. But <laughs> just for, just for, my own, for my own understanding, there are things that I've set up that I'd like to achieve. Okay. Um, well, I have decided that I'm going to be doing... So I did a first post today, actually, of uh, some book notes that I wrote uh, on Adam Grant's Originals. It's a non-fiction book about creativity. And I want to do at least five of them this month on Instagram. No, sorry, four. Four on Instagram this month. I think it'd be fun. It kind of keeps me... I want like a bit of some of the books I really like. I want to just have a little repository of some of my favorite like notes and quotes. And this kind of... It's very easy for me to take books I've already know, 
like the main points from kind of go through them very quickly get like some choice notes and quotes and then just kind of put my takeaways and underlinings down in like an instagram post and i want to do four of them um because i just want to have a bit more of there's certain things i've read that have given me really good ideas and sometimes they kind of i remember the gist but i i want like a a repository of the specifics so this is kind of my way of building a bit of that um so that's that part and then the sort of productive part is that i want to write uh 10 to 15 short articles for our blog and i've written several already um but I'm just kind of not, not very quick, not very big ones, but almost just like, as I'm thinking them, I'm really inspired by Tyler Cowen who blogs every day. He doesn't always do loads. He sometimes does like little snippets and link sharing, but I think just, just that, that habit he has of being constantly generative in terms of sharing what he's reading, learning, thinking, I think it just gives you this really nice like rhythm of constantly sharing your ideas seeking out new stuff and you know now his blog is just this lovely sort of home for sort of years worth of thinking which i think is cool so uh so you see. like that almost for having a record i i like it as sharing like things i think are useful but like some of it might be a bit more esoteric or specific so it's not going to appeal to loads of people but i find it useful to kind of like oh, I want to write some thoughts on this right now, but where would I put them? It's kind of nice to have a place. It's like, it's going to be there for people who are kind of really into it to follow. But if not, some of their posts won't appeal. But I'm not going to go overboard and commit to like a year's worth of stuff, but more like this month, if I can post like 10 pieces on there, I'll feel really good about that. And it'll kind of, it's keeping me, right now it's keeping me really motivated and fresh with ideas. So uh, that's a little plug there, listeners. If you go to speakinggenerally.com, you can actually read what's been up there so far. And I think there's like four pieces or so up there. Uh, go and check them out. Very good. A, a very good one I, I did today, if I say so myself, on a... Uh, how to be a better writer based on George Orwell's essay on English cooking in defense of English cooking, which I always say is a, a piece I would set to a writing class. If I was going to show them, this is how you use clear sentences, elegant paragraphs and really simple nouns and verbs to make a lovely argument. Uh, Very so nice. That's, uh, that, that's my sort of harder, harder work stuff. That's good. The one I was sort of expecting to say that you haven't is your sort of 300 word a day drive. Ah, well, yeah, that's sort of part of it because I guess that's, that's the tactics (laughs) towards the actual actual, uh, thing itself. But yeah. So that's not a goal in of itself. It's just a means to achieving the goal. Yeah. Well, the the thing is that's a means to achieving lots of goals because I'm also writing stuff for work. I'm writing stuff personally. So that kind of is my, my motivational threshold that I've been sharing on Instagram where I've been writing 300 words every day and kind of told work that they're only getting 300 words a day. (laughs) Yeah. I said that after that you, I'm tapped out (laughs) and I pack up the books and just, Uh, yeah so it's kind of this really useful way like Jerry Seinfeld talks about 
he puts like an X on his calendar every day that he sits and writes for however long it is when he just tries to write jokes. And his his thing is just keeping the chain going every day. It's just a way of, you know, having that cross is a, a check-in with yourself and 300 words is like a personal check-in that I can say, yes, I can't con myself, I can't lie, I can't fudge it. I did sit down and do 300 words. Draft, like drafted and happy with them or just literally on the page? Yeah, like whatever the project is, an article, book, um, yeah, like on the page, uh, actually, it doesn't have to be final, but it just has okay. to have been that I sat down and did it. Right, very good. That's good. That is a good one. That like The way you put it online was, or on Instagram was, yeah, the perspective it gives you if you do that all year is that you're going to have like quite a meaty product. I mean, you might not be writing 300 words to the same project each time, right? But you're going to accumulate a lot, whatever you, yeah. whatever you do. Yeah, I think it comes out, if you, if you did it every day, you would have 106,000-ish words, which is, you know, that's... Novella. A novella, novel, yeah. Almost, so there you yeah. go. Um, yeah, so it's pretty substantial. That's really good. I, I have used that as... Uh, I, I don't write in the same way as you, I suppose, so I'm not using that exact mechanism, but I've definitely taken that on for some creative endeavours of my own to just make sure I do a little bit each day, at least for the rest of January, and see what I have by the end of the month. Um, yeah, it's you, you will have a lot at the end of a, a period of time if you're consistent like that. So, yeah, that's a good one. I'm definitely going to follow that this month myself. Yeah, I, I did a lot of that last year as well, even just personally. And, and, and even with slippages and times where, you know, I took breaks and stuff, um, it, it did add up to a substantial... Like, I wrote more last year than I've written in a lot of years and it was just the kind of you know it was just like oh wow it does it does end up compounding into a lot when you keep mm. doing it um, very very nice not being allowed to go anywhere helps as well Tra- tra- <laughs> yeah, not being yeah. able to travel helps yeah yeah when you can fit that in when you've got a normal social calendar then uh, then then you're really being productive aren't you yeah um, my, I suppose my last one's just sort of well, sort of frivolous one that builds on from last year. I think I'd set myself the goal and and fell short of watching every Oscar winning film. I think I maybe said from 1950 onwards because before that they are a bit rubbish. Um, and I think I've got six more left, so I'm going to wow. try and have those watched by the end of January. Will um, you be able to give us some like favourites and rankings and things? Of every well, I mean, I've watched some of them years ago, right? I, like I know I've seen whatever years and years ago, but the ones that I know I have never seen, I think, yeah, I think there's six left. Um, some of them don't seem super exciting. I really, really do not want to sit through West Side Story. <laughs> it, it's just like the antithesis of everything I would would despise well, is everything I would despise it's not the antithesis of that it is everything I would despise I think but about three hours long too but I'm um, going to suffer through uh, it is it really? I think so it'll feel it'll certainly feel three hours long yeah. maybe if I skip the song Steve <laughs> that's the um, way to do it yeah there's a I don't know the ones I've not seen there's a couple that kind of appeal to me I'd quite like to see Tom Jones I think Albert Finney's in it, it's sort of knockabout, picaresque little scamp. Okay. Um, that should be quite good. You know, the vanity, like the vanity Fair thing, the novel, what's his yeah. name? the Thackeray novel, I think. Yeah. Um, that should be interesting. 
yeah, I've seen pretty much pretty much everything from the seventies onwards. There's a couple, yeah, a couple knocking about from the sixties and and before. When you're done, you should give us your sort of like least deserved sort of top five best Oscar yeah. winners ever. You should give us a few like stats. I can I can see what I can rustle up. Yeah, we'll do that in February so that I'm beholden to finishing this. Yeah, uh, and you have to you have to wear a tux when you do. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll do it on Oscars night. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Because one of the things I did pack when we came to America, Steve, was my evening dress. Of course, of course, Obviously, you know, yeah. middle of a pandemic, but yeah, no, I mean, pop it in the bag. I mean, you, who knows what what. <laughs> what, gar- what galas you're going to get invited to this year? Yeah, yeah. The big policeman's ball. <laughs> <laughs> the New Jersey policeman's ball with George yeah. guest speaker George Taylor. Hello. <laughs> Evening all. Um, <laughs> you just trying to relate to Jersey cops. Yeah. Um, Call someone plod. <laughs> Uh, you sp- speaking of Jersey, you did do a little sojourn to Springsteen country, didn't you? We did, Steve. It was kind of the first time we really opened the car up, you know. We went out for a New Year's Day walk on the beach. We drove the closest beach to where we are is Asbury Park, which is of greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey, Springsteen debut album fame. It's got the fun fair where he filmed the video to Tunnel of Love mm. for the Tunnel of Love album and all that kind of stuff. It Dare I say, felt a little bit run down, but um, yeah, it's kind of, it was a beautiful beach, like really lovely. The weather was quite grim when we were there, so I'm sure it would look different in sunnier climes. But um, yeah, as you can look kind of up and down the coast and the Jersey Shore just runs 120 odd miles of coast along the, along the state. Um, yeah, it's kind of a surreal sort of being on the Atlantic coast, but looking back to the UK I don't know it had a sort of strange feeling at the start of a new year but it was it was nice it was nice to get out there yeah that I kind of timed it so that I'd be listening to you know Thunder Road as we were driving we went to Freehold which is where he was born or maybe where he grew up now he's born somewhere else and I think he grew up in Freehold and then the band got bigger a venue in Asbury Park and it was sort of driving from Freehold to Asbury Park I kind of the hair stood up on the back of my neck it was like oh I'm sort of doing that sort of Thunder Road escape drive yeah. kind of thing. And Elizabeth, I sort of looked over Elizabeth and she was just utterly indifferent to the whole thing. <laughs> um, she wasn't going to play, is it Mary in the song? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rosalita. She could be Rosalita. <laughs> um, the, uh, I, this, I'm sure I can dig out the article for you, George, but I saw one the other day that ranked every Bruce Springsteen song in order from worst to best. It's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot of ranking. A lot of a lot of filler tracks to sort of... Yeah, you just out. in the weeds in the sort of late noughties with yeah. album tracks. It's like, just don't waste your time. Because he's one of those ones who kept going as well, right? He's kept writing stuff. For yeah, me. he's been knocking stuff up for a fairly consistent... Yeah. On a fairly consistent basis, yeah. I've noticed actually, a lot of the big boys in music, there's not... Like, actually, a lot of them kept writing a long time into their... Like, if you like, like, Bowie, McCartney just did an album, right? Dylan. Like, a lot of them actually don't hang it up and just stop. 
Uh, yeah, bands stop, right? That bands do. Personalities cause problems, but in, if you but you wouldn't you wouldn't stop writing. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, but I it's, guess it's I what see, you do. I guess like sometimes writing is seen as a bit more of like an something you keep growing and doing. Sometimes music is seen as a like a not like a younger person's thing, but like we've had this. I think we've almost had an argument about. We've had an argument. We've had an argument about it before, and we can have another. We could do an episode on it. If <laughs> we you could like. do an episode on it. Yeah, um, we'll do an episode on that because I want to talk about artistic like talent in one. But um, but yeah, no, it just seems like even after, let's say, like the years when they peak, maybe artistically, or when they do their most popular work, they yeah, there is just a lot of them do keep writing entire albums and stuff well into their old age. Bowie wrote one like the year he died. It's quite, quite amazing really. But, uh, but yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that's just, if that's what you do and you're a writer, is are there any like great soloists who just totally stopped that come to mind immediately that sort of were, you know, music legends that just really stopped doing it? Oh, not from like they died, right? Not they out. died. Just they they really, uh, probably some who went reclusive or something. There's a few. Yeah, but it's often contingent on something happening. Like Harry Nilsson was one of the biggest selling artists of the late sixties, early seventies, and he like messed up his vocal cords, and right. that sort of changed his outlook on what he did. But before that, he was very like um, consistent in what he did. Uh, People move, like Phil Spector used to write a lot of music and then sort of shifted into producing and then going a bit insane. Yeah. Um, I'll think, I'll have a think about that because you put me on the spot. I'm sure I can pull a few examples out, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's strange I, that someone just becomes a recluse, right? And just, yeah. Gives it well, like we talked in the other episode about Brian Wilson did for many years, mm. but then he came back and kind of did a, yeah. bit, did a bit, but he kind of had serious problems. So it wasn't like, yeah, it yeah. seems to be there's usually a quite a serious external factor at work to stop stop you carrying on with your kind of creative sort of MO, really. Yeah, interesting. And a, um, a, a discussion for another time, I think. Uh, well, Let's get January out of the way first. Well, I don't need to be told twice. Um, <laughs> let's... Uh, <laughs> Let's let's wrap her up there for today, and uh, we'll check in on these. We'll do like a habit check in, either episode or part of another episode, where we'll see how we got on with these. Because I think see how many runs I actually went on. I think it's good for the people to keep us honest to see if we, you know, if we're talking BS here or if we actually do them. Um, so yeah, moisturizer. I'm gonna <laughs> pop that open tomorrow. <laughs> Don't get it on your Proust. I've got make sure I've got some there. I've got enough yeah. there. Um, yeah. Moisturiser and a Proust. Oh, what a morning. Get in the uh, bath, pop that on. <laughs> get them all done at once. <laughs> um, all right. Well, lovely to see you well, mate. And, uh, you too, Steve. We'll be back next week. Hope all, our, hope all our listeners are keeping well in all the chaos. I'm sure you agree. Yeah, I hope you are. And get in touch at shussy at gmail.com let us know how you're doing just check in and go hey guys i was listening and just give us like a like an ag right like an all good just yeah just just a thumbs okay. up like all good i'm here um that'll be lovely uh and subscribe on itunes spotify stitcher all those good platforms pop a little subscribe on and you'll get every delicious episode uh 
Thanks so much, George. Thanks, Steve. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye.